Welcome to The Pivot, a podcast hosted by Sean Hayes, where we discuss people's turning points. Enjoy the episode. It's fantastic to have you here today. Uh, you're my second guest and my most famous guest that we had so far. Uh -huh. So I would love to you to explain who you are and if you can just start with who you are and then after that, explain how we actually met. Gotcha. <clears throat> actually, uh, I was born in Seoul in the mid of the 1950. And uh, I was uh, educated and lived in Seoul for the last uh, 40 years. And now I'm moving to uh, uh, Suji, it's an area for 20, 2001, something. Just, uh, and then uh, my education is very uh, clear from the um, elementary school to high school. Uh, and then I just, not uh, very happy, but I just working well. And after the graduate from high school, my education is a kind of uh, evening school only. Four years university, and then. Um, so, so, so why did you choose evening school only? And why that, didn't you go the actual traditional route of going to like a full time four year program? Yeah, my my father is dead, and when I was uh, nine years old, and then I need to earn money for myself for the tuition fee, and then so my living cost. So I used to go to a temple for my arbite part timer during the daytime. And the night time, I just go to a university in Seoul. Mm -hmm. in, what did you uh, study in school? Uh, I'm, I studied in the management. Management, management business yeah. management. Business management. And then I'm very interested about, about it because I want to I wanna be rich at the time. <laughs> my, that's, that was my dream. And were, were you the first person in your family to finish university? Yeah, that's it. Uh, there's no people... During during my, my all of my family, including my mothers and then my fathers, this is the first first guy to go to university. Yeah, four years university in Seoul. So uh, I'm very proud, and everybody just very watch me, and then they are very uh, cared about me. But there there was no help at all because they are all poor guys. Yeah, and then, would would you be able to explain to me a little bit about how? South Korea was in the 1970s versus now. Can you explain to me the sights that we would see in South Korea? Yeah. So we're actually sitting here now in South Korea. I'm, you know, in a beautiful office building that's as nice or much nicer than any office building that you would see back home. New York office mm -hmm. buildings are obviously wonderful. This is as nice as any building there. I'm looking out the the window and I see skyscrapers and Building after building, it's very hard to find any building under 20 stories in this area. Yeah. So we're in in Seoul and we're in Yangjae, which is a very populated area. What would this place look like in the 1970s? It's all the kind of uh, just uh, naked land here, which people just uh, maybe, uh, how can I say it? Yeah, like kind of, um, plantation. You know, a plantation for for actually rice. That rice and the, and it was thought of as a poor place for growing rice too, right? Yeah, there was no even no roads there, no pavement. Just maybe every every day, just in summertime, you, you cannot walk without the uh, boots. Yeah, 
you don't need uh, shoes at all because the, this land is uh, just kind of uh, very mud, kind of mud, so uh, all the dirty area, really. Nobody want to be here in 1970, even in 1980. So uh, uh, this development is just uh, begin in uh, 1990 and then 2000, so only 30 years only. This is area. Before that, it just uh, the land price is just uh, 10 won per pound. Yeah. Now so one cent yeah. per uh, 3.3 square square meters. Maybe less than one that. cent. <laughs> <laughs> now it's a huge 100 million one. So yeah. it's about a hundred thousand dollars for 3.3 square it's square really meters. Crazy here. It's one of the very crowded uh, location. Around here, and, and then and and what do you believe? You know, so mm. I'll explain this in the actual opening too, mm. some more. But what do you believe is the major reason why Korea went from being one of the poorest countries in the whole world, mm. and it was a country that used to receive funds from the Philippines. Philippines donated money to South Korea because there were so many starving people in South That's Korea. Yeah. Uh, 1970s, I believe 1977 was mm -hmm. the last year that the Peace Corps was here. The Peace Corps is only in terribly impoverished countries. And they were mm -hmm. here into 1977. They're not only just in poor countries, it has to be the poorest of the poor that they're actually in. What do you think is the fundamental reason why Seoul turned from Seoul and all of South Korea turned from being one of the poorest countries in the, in the world to being, it seems like now, in the top 10 in GDP and also very high in GDP per capita, not only gross GDP, aggregate GDP, mm -hmm. but also GDP per capita. What do you think the fundamental reasons are for that? I think that's because of some poverty we are experienced when I was in 1960, 1970. When I was young, in the, some, some uh, primary school, I always hungry, you know. We got uh, some uh, aid from the state for the, some, you know, the corn chip, yeah, and then corn powder, powder that we can eat during the, just after the class, the teacher distributed some, some bread, which is made by the U.S. corn powder. Mm. That really, really makes me, makes me, you know, Happy when I get get one. So this count corn powder is actually corn meal. Corn, corn meal. meal. That's kind of kind corn of meal. corn meal. Yeah. And that's what. The, so uh, my dream at the time, my dream is I wanna I wanna eat rice and the meat soup, cow meat soup every day, and then. I want to have a car. That's my, that was my dream in 1960 and 70, so, when so, I was young. So do you think, so the pivot that South Korea went through, as you know, that this, this, this program is all about pivots. The pivot that South Korea went from, from being a terribly impoverished country yep. to a wealthy country, you think that was caused by this hunger? That's so, and, and you think most people like you had that hunger? That's what I mean. So yeah. you believe hunger can breed in of itself greatness like this? Sure. That struggle sure. can sure. actually lead to uh, great things. Yeah, I did it actually. You know, you know when, I, when I was in, in, in the company in 1981, that was my first uh, 
first employer. I just working for the 8 a.m. to until 10, 10 p.m. every day. And Saturday, 9 to 6. Sunday, 9 to 12. Yeah. So uh, the company employer just buy me a lunch, buy me a dinner. I just thankful without any, you know, overtime allowances at the time. So we, my age guys, they had really hard time for the last 30 years, and, but they really crazy to work, yeah? They don't have, they don't have time with, with my family. So I lost my kids, yeah? So just such a precious moment. I don't have enough time to play with my kids and, and spending my hours with my wife, yeah? I, when, when, every night, I just went home around 11 p.m., you know? So, so you think that struggle built what it is is today, what we are today, but it was too far. It went too far. It was pushing you too much. Is, is that what you're trying to get at with this? No, that's the, I want to be out of the poverty. And I see. I really want to give people good time for my kids and my wife. I see. For the three meals. And then, you know. So you wanted to sacrifice yourself for that's the benefit of your, uh, your family. I mean. That's what I mean. I, I don't like to send my, my kids to evening school and then my wife too. Yeah, They are all, I sent them all to the some, you know, some daytime university, regular university, I mean. And and where did this, this sense, and, and this is something that you found in your friends too, the same mentality is in your friends also, the same type of mentality? I can tell you guys, this is uh, everybody, every father, like my age, is the same thinking, you know. We have the same experience, like poverty, just after the Korean War, yeah. So we, are, we believe that we need some time, we need some time to sacrifice. That's what I thought that, that my, my age was 26 years old. I decided my life, yeah. Okay, let's go to the some uh, kind of overcome these uh, difficulties. And then so I want to give, give, give a good time, good chance, good another opportunity to my kids. That was my dream, yeah. It's, it's, it's really wonderful and to, to think that you would be willing to, to sacrifice yourself that much. Now, where did that come from? Where, where did that, that, that sense that you had that responsibility come from? Did that come from the government, from your parents, from role models? Where did that sense come from? Because a lot of people don't have that. You can go to poor countries, mm -hmm. and we often say they are so poor because the people do not want to work hard. They don't feel motivated. They lost hope. You obviously had hope. You knew hard work would lead something to something great. And obviously for some of your friends, it didn't lead to something great. It led something great for you. So it really wasn't true. Some people died in, in industrial accidents. Mm. Some people died of terrible chemical fires. Some people died of using chemicals to clean microchips. Yeah. They got all kinds of, so a lot of people sacrificed. And you had that mentality that if you're going to work hard, your kids are going to be much better than you. Where did that come from? Everybody have, have some kind of desire. For me, I have my desire is uh, I just uh, this desire from the real love from my grandmother. She lost her husband 
during the 19, 1945，when，when，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，呃，
stole some products from yeah, the factory. Yeah, they did, but I cannot fire him, fire her, because of the, some of this liberalism, like a labor lawyer, labor, labor forces, labor union, you know. And then they don't have shoes. They don't have shoes. They cannot, they cannot put, the, put their kids to the primary school and high school because they don't have money. You know, that's a real situation. Then, that's the 2001. And what happened to the, what happened, happened to Korea in 2001? Yeah, I feel that Sri Lanka is one of the, not the richest or something, but really better than, more rich than Korea, yeah, in 1950s. And then, I really respect Mr. Park since uh, all of the politicians, Kim Yong-sam, even, even including Kim Yong-sam, who I also respect, they are all against Mr. Park, since they are talking about democracy. Yeah? But during my time, until the, until the 70, even, even until 80, we don't need a democracy. Everybody, only politicians need a democracy, but we normal people, they need a bread. That's what I mean. Do you think he didn't support democracy? Now, I, I, I think saying that he was just like a, I don't think we should bring out that he was like a brutal dictator that killed people, but there, there was a fundamental fear at that time, correct, of communism. You know, so that fear of communism sometimes led to demonstrations being broken up and such not. Uh, but the feeling is that those demonstrations were infiltrated by Communist. In some cases, it was actually true. In some cases, maybe it was not true. But they also had a, a commando unit that even invaded Seoul. And that commando unit from North Korea invaded mm. Seoul with the intent to try to kill the president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's some bad acts by the president. But mm. what you mean by democracy is you mean you needed a strong leader that took control of things and and broke through that gridlock of politics to be able to get to an end because there were too many self-interests involved. There were too many political self-interests mm -hmm. and he broke through that, built the road to Pusan. <laughs> you know, he, he built the train system, yeah. the modern train system. Yeah. He uh, supported certain companies to make those companies big so people mm -hmm. can work for those companies. Now, I, I wanted to get into that mentality built in Koreans, a nationalism. And there are, there are some problems with the nationalism today. And sometimes nationalism leads to some people not looking abroad, not wanting to work with those abroad. Where do you find that nationalism the strongest in, the liberal party or uh, the vestiges of the Pak Chung-hee project. So it would be Moon, would be less foreign friendly, or would you find it in the, in the, uh, the People's Power Party, which is a vestige of the old Pak Chung-hee party? Pak Chung-hee party. Absolutely Pak Chung-hee party. Mr. Moon, it's a very different guy. It's a, I cannot understand him anyway. But Mr. Park, Pak Chung-hee, is really kind of have a nationalism, and also all of the politicians, is against him at the time, even in the, some people. But the normal people, they are really love him, respect him, because he, he built a kind of 
Peripagic Platform, Democracy Platform in Korea, be based on the, uh, this uh, economic situation. Yeah, she built it. Yeah. So, a lot of, lot of such a Mr. Moon, Moon kind of people, I mean, kind of some leftist, they, they think about, they insist about democracy things or something. But in my age, when I was young, there's no time, no uh, room. We are not that enough to think about the democracy at the time. So just uh, keep working, and then no matter what, just uh, uh, going for the work every day, every time, and without any such uh, like luxury items like a democracy things so or liberal, never. Okay, so you had a major pivot in your life, which I, I believe happened when you're in your 40s, correct? Yeah. Would you be able to explain that that pivot and, and how this pivot ended up helping you? Okay, in 2001, I was hired by the uh, Ingozo Land Korea, which was uh, listed on NASDAQ. And then they, I, it was, my position was managing director who need to who need to operate eight subordinates in Korea, sub, uh, kind of uh, uh, sub, uh, how can I say? Juniors, like junior workers for junior, you. Sub, uh, subsidiary. Oh, eight, eight, so eight, eight different sub, sub, yeah. subsidiaries. So it was a big job. Big job, you know, including Bobcat and a lot of such a, uh, domestic domestic uh, operation. So, <clears throat> and then... Um, Because I just uh, took the job because of my, my, I just gave up the Canadian green card again, just after the American green card. Which <laughs> 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 I stupid, yeah? And then suddenly, and I just maybe uh, working for the, some this IR company, IR for six months or something. Suddenly, I don't like to do work more. So, so you just got, if, if if I can just yeah interject, you got burnt out, right? Yeah, it's a, I feel like a burnt out, but suddenly I, I I think that oh, I am the better person to operate regionally. I was controlled by the uh, regional office in Hong Kong, so I but suddenly I met all of the all of the guy, all of the top guy in the Hong Kong. Hong Kong regional office, and I found that I am the better. I am the better person to operate whole of the Asia. And then, so I just uh, kind of disappointed. So I just dropped it out suddenly on, on the, in the morning during the, during the kind of call meeting with the regional letter. Oh, oh guys, I want to leave. So just uh, go out. And go to the temple by myself. So if 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 same I, day, if I can just if I can just stop you there. So you just suddenly quit, correct? Yeah. Correct. And did you have any opportunities at that time other than that? You you just quit, and you did you know where you're gonna go? Was that a big risk for you quitting like that? No, no, no I don't. I I really really need to hurry up since uh, I cannot I cannot stand more than a seconds. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like uh, just going die. 
by myself. So, so you didn't care if if, if no. this you didn't care that you you didn't have other opportunities. You didn't care. It was so bad. The actual conditions were so no, no, bad, no, no, no. so terrible that you said you had to quit at this time. That's what I mean. I just after the forty-five years my age, I just quit my job and they quit everything for the daily life, and then I just go to the temple because I need some time for me by myself. That's what I need at that moment. How long did you go to this uh, temple for? Uh, three to four months. Three to four months. So, yeah. you, so you were always in this temple. Where was this this I temple? Just, it's very interesting. I just back and forth in Jeju, near Jeongsan, Jeju Mountain, near the Gunju area. So it's out in a real country area. There's not many people there. It's on the top of the mountain. Yeah, that's it. Not not the top of the mountain, but just a. Uh, under the under the mountain, but I'm really happy with that because they have some really same. They gave me a chance to think about by myself. How am I? Do, do you know what's funny? Mm. I have many people that I speak to that serve time in jail, prisons and jail, and they say exactly the same thing. They yeah. say it's you know they're they're glad they went to prison because mm. it gave them time to think. Yeah. It gave them time to spend with themselves. That's it. We never spend time alone, and this was an opportunity to spend time alone. Yeah. And what did you find from spending time on your own? This three, four months in this mountain. Yeah, technically, it's technically, technically it's possible. And then every month, every month they have a dream. They have a dream to see by himself for the truth, like uh, Jesus. Yeah. Jesus feel the same like me, and same like the monk, that the whole of the world of them. And they really spend their whole life to find out who am I, the answer for this question. Also, I have same situation. Just after the one week after, I really have some, some question by myself to me. Nobody answer me, nobody question. But I have some kind of question by myself. Who am I and then where I came from, yeah? And then I, you know, it's very strange to you, but I think that all of my memory is back in the two years old baby. Suddenly I found out all of my life, why, so, why am I so desired to live like this, yeah? Why am I so work for such a hard time and I cannot, I can't stand, yeah? So I found that my grandmother's love in whole my life. That's the people that people that sixty years old, sixty years old boy. Yeah, I just spent six year old boy, right? Yeah, yeah. She, my grandmother, just raised me only maybe sixty years. Yeah? Oh, she actually raised you only for six of your six years. years. I, I see what you're saying. After the grandmother, my mother take over me, and then it's really like a hell, you know, really hell. Always hungry. You know, and then I should go to, go to the point. I just have some really strange experience to all of you. I didn't sleep for 24 hours, just wake all the day. And I just took the only three spoons of the meal, rice, per day, and then nothing. No hungry, no sleepy. I just wake them up, just make a make a kabuja, you sit down, and then think about all of my life. And I, every day I practice it, 
delete my expectation. So I'm sorry, John, but I think that I don't have any expectations to you. Whatever you say, whatever you do for me, I never disappointed. I will never disappointed, yeah? And then to anybody. I just took the environment by myself because that was given. So when I was sick, I just accept the situation by myself. Don't complain. Don't blame others. Just leave it. I don't believe by myself too. Never. Just leave it itself and just accept the environment given. Yeah, that's it. So you, if, if I can summarize, is, is one of the things that you actually learned is mm-hmm. your future is in yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not in other people. And, 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 and you, you, you don't look to change other people. You look to maybe change yourself. And changing yourself maybe can change your situation. Mm-hmm. But don't have an expectation of someone to do something. Don't have an expectation of someone's going to give you something. Don't have that. The, your future is in yourself. You know, the, the real situation is I have some, you know, but still try to delete it every day. So you still- My son, for my daughter, for my wife, I delete it, yeah? So still I, I trying. So it's still there. It's just a sure. human thing, but 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 you focus on ignoring it. I'm not a Jesus, I'm not a Buddhist, you know? That's right. I'm not a Buddha. Yeah. I have something because Buddha, Jesus, they all die already. So they don't have it. But me, I arrive here. Yeah. So sometimes I think about, oh, Sean, why don't you give me a give me a burger? Why don't you give me a sausage? But you know. So I really don't have such a big expectation or small expectation. I try to delete it. So I never, I always happy when I, when I, when I found you are still alive there. So this, this is a huge pivot. The most, most brave life, they don't need anything. If you don't, if you don't need anything, you are most brave people, most thoughtful people in the world, yeah? Nothing you need. Actually, I don't need anything from other, other, other guys. Yeah? I just walk. That's it. It's very interesting. And bringing this to politics, too, it's kind of interesting if you think about politics. There's two big splits in South Korean politics mm-hmm. and also U.S. politics. The liberal side in both believes that you need to give more to the people. Mm-hmm. The uh, liberal side is is feeding the uh, people. And the conservative side, the right side, believes that that leads to someone who is dependent on the government. And dependency in of itself leads to problems. It seems like what you're saying here is you want to rely on yourself. You don't want to rely on the government and or anyone the government or anyone. And do you think relying on people traps people in a different mentality? I think they kind of traps. Yeah? It's actually, uh, all of my friends, my same age, they applied the, uh, some pre-pass for the survey. I didn't. I want to pay my, my, by myself until I work. No problem at all to me. I never rely on the government. Okay, 
Park Won-sun, the mayor of the city, city hall, Seoul City Hall, who is killed by himself, stupid guy, he gave me one million won without my application. That's it. <laughs> I never get any, any penny from the government so far. But I'm still trying to distribute my, I have small money, but I distribute my money, donate something, yeah, every month. Do you think that, though, makes you a better person? It's the, you know, my uh, feeling is what we say to people, right? We go to the park and you'll see a sign, don't feed the bear. The reason why we say don't feed the bear is why? It's because the bear will become reliant on humans and they'll never be able to hunt ever again. Yeah, that's what I believe. So, so you, <laughs> yeah, you believe the actual concept that you can break someone down with too much free stuff. Right. Okay. Thank you so much for this. This was an exciting interview. It was very, very interesting. Thank you so much for sharing about your family. And we will definitely have you on one more time or two more times on three more times. It's very, very interesting. And I think people are really going to love about the mentality of a strong Korean man who's internationalized. Thank you so much for, for, for being on the show. Thank you, Sean. It's my proud and then really one of one of uh, invited to be here again. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pivot. Please let us know if you have a life-changing story that you'd like to share on the podcast. Thank you. Bye. You can send an email to us. It's Sean Hayes, S-E-A-N-H-A-Y-E-S, at HayesSimon.com.